We're going to study for a little while this topic. Who is the greatest? In basketball, is it LeBron, boys, back there in the back? Is it football, is it Tom Brady? Well, as I grew up in boxing, there was one guy that was the greatest. If I see this phrase, I'm going to think of him. A guy named Cassius Clay. Changed his name to Muhammad Ali. And he had phrases like this, I float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He was very opposite of humble. He knew he was the greatest and he told you he was. He was the greatest. There's none better than him. That's not what we're going to talk about, okay? Let's think about it spiritually and get a few verses to, to look about. In Matthew 3 and 29, And call no one your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. He that the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Important part to today's study. It's what's underlined there. Get this, the greatest among you shall be your servant. A servant's heart, that's what Jesus was. Okay, let's look a little further, another verse. Matthew 18 and 1. And the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto them, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as a little child, ye shall not enter in the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There's something about a child. They are kind. They're innocent. You know, a baby, there's not an evil thought or an evil doing in their body. They're completely innocent. And that's what Christ said. Be like a little child. You become innocent. When you obey the gospel and you're baptized, you're innocent. There's nothing evil in you. Now let's think about this congregation. In Ephesians 4 and 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. All of this, as we work together, has to be in love. Just as the body has different parts, joints, bones, the neck bone's connected to the backbone, the backbone's connected to the leg bone, the leg bone's connected to the foot, we all work together. Everyone is important. 
No one is more important than anyone else. Now think about this. In James 2 and 8, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, thou doest well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. I think Brother B mentioned that today. It don't matter about your bank account, what kind of house you live in, what kind of clothes you have, or the car you drive. When we go out to spread the word, we spread it to everybody. Their skin may be brown, it may be black. I'll make one political statement today. All lives matter. And that's all I'm getting into politics. 1 Peter 1 and 17. And if you call on the Father, who without respect to person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Another important thing for you taking notes, this is important. You will be judged according to your work. This is important. God don't respect how you look, what you have, what your bank account is. It don't respect the color of your skin. It's according to your work. On the day of judgment, according to your work, get that. This is an important part today. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. I don't see an apostle here today. I don't see a prophet here. I don't even see an evangelist here. I see one elder. I see some deacons. That means the rest of us were teachers. And we're not going to show respect and the difference. We're all teachers. We work together. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are here to fulfill the ministry of Christ. What does ministers do? They go out and tell people about Jesus. We work together to do that, not respecting anyone about that. We have a job to do. In Luke 18 and 10, two men went up the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Yet I hear people say, I can't sing as good as him. I can't teach as good as him. I can't pray as good as him. I can't do communion like him. I can't visit the sick. I can't invite people to church like that. You know why I've heard people say that? Because I've said it. There's others better. Let them do it. This is not what God wants. 
He has a plan for us. Think about this. In Luke 14 and 18, verse 18, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I bought five yokes of oxen. I go and prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. I have seen this through the years. Someone that's teaching, either public or private, their mannerism, maybe their looks, maybe they absolutely struggle to teach someone. And God will touch that other person's heart and they want to become a Christian. That may be the way God is working through, through you, the way you, you act, teach. That's the way God works. Think about Brother Paul. 1 Corinthians 5 and 9 says, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. We all know what Saul did. But we know about Paul and his writing in the Bible, the things that he's done to save others. I think Paul would be a good example of someone that he's working with, and they look at him and says, you don't know what I've done. He can look back and say, you don't know what I've done. But God can help you. God can save you. Paul consented to the death of Stephen. He is a murderer in my opinion. But God forgive him. So read a little more about Paul. In Ephesians 3 and 7. Whereof I was made a minister. According to the gift of the grace of God. Given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me whom am less than the least of all the saints. Is the grace given. That I should preach among the Gentiles. The unsearchable riches of Christ. God took Paul from persecuting the church to a minister. He said it was by the grace of God, the effectual working of his power. That same power is given to you, and you, and you, and you, and you, men and women. It's given to you. So we really don't have an excuse. That we're not able to do that. Think about this. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. It says. I have planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither is he that watereth. But God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth. And he that watereth are one. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. I'm going to show you another important part to today's thoughts. According to his own labor. You know, we saw earlier, we're going to be judged according to our works. Now we are higher. It's according to our labor. 
We've got to do things in the ministry. Let's read the rest of this. For as we are laborers together with God, you are God's husbandry, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given unto me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay that was laid, which is Jesus Christ. We have a wise master builder. We all work together to build on it. Some of you wasn't around as we built this church. We ran a slab, a foundation. The Willingham crew came in and they set up big old beams. These things that stick out on the wall, that's steel behind that. It goes up and it's all bolted together. Then there was metal put on the outside to help stabilize it. Then a crew came in to lay brick. I want to talk to you about Rosie. Was that his name, Garland? They had an old bricklayer named Rosie. He was missing some teeth. He looked ancient. But I, I tell you, he'd get up on a scaffold, and another guy been out here mixing, me, mixing mud in this concrete mixer, and they'd put it in a wheelbarrow, and they'd bring it up, and they'd put it maybe in a bucket, and they'd crawl up the scaffold, they'd dump it on the board, and Rosie would grab that and plop, plop, zoop, and put down a brick, and it was perfect. Maybe somebody else is on the skid steer grabbing pallets of all of these bricks to be laid. They went to putting up this cross on the front that is way up in the air. And that old guy, he, I thought, man, he's going to die before he gets done. But they worked together, just kind of like ants. And we've got a building now. And that's the way we, we work together. Everybody may not be a good at laying bricks, but somebody can mix buds, mud. Somebody can pick up the scraps. We can all do things. We have to work together. And God will give the increase. 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. And toward all men. Even as we do toward you. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Even our Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in all things. Think about this. I'm going to do this for you. The Lord make you to increase. If you're trying, you cannot help it but to increase. God is going to make you increase. Ever thought about that? God is going to make you increase. One of my favorite writings in the Bible. In Matthew 25 and 25, it says, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that as thine. The poor old one talent man, he was afraid to do anything with his talent. He hid it in the ground. Here's what he got. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which hath ten talents. For into every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. 
Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I propose to you that if the one talent man would have used that talent and he came back and his Lord found that he had two, that would have been acceptable. I don't think the Lord expected one talent man to come back with five or even two. The Lord expected him to use what he had given him. But he did nothing. I tell you that if he had used that, he would have been made to increase. Every time. I'm going to tell you a story. True story. <clears throat> and I hope you don't take it wrong. Okay? I'm going to talk about me, which not trying to <laughs> build me up by no means. Uh, when I was younger and when I was older, I've done some bad things. Really bad things. When I was 18, my uh, biggest plan was that when I graduated from high school, I would not have to go to church with my mother. My dad had promised me that I didn't have to go to church with her anymore. I was waiting for the day. Well, I'd done some bargaining with a kid in Allison to get me a date with a lady on the row here. And things changed. First date, I put a ring on her finger because my hands was greasy. The car tore up. She gave it back. I took her home, and the car wouldn't start. Her dad, I had to go back to the door. I didn't want to go back to that house, knock on the door. Her dad came to the door. Back ye, left something on the front porch. Anyway, he got me out of there. So now, I can lead a song. I usually get the number right. I'll have to go that far. I can lead a prayer. It's not the best. I could get up here and teach. I really get nervous. I got on a dark shirt so the sweat don't show. I can go visit people. God has made me to increase. And he will make you to increase too. I promise. I apologize for the story. We're shifting gears. Let's talk a little bit about teamwork as we work here in the body of Christ. Luke 17 and 1. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It will be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and they were cast in the sea that, than that he should offend one of these little ones. From time to time, I have brethren that come to me and somebody has said something that hurt their feelings. Time to time, they get offended at what they say. 
But you know, we need to be encouraging to our babes in Christ, the young people in Christ, and those here. And so that really concerns the leadership here when things are said that offends one another. So let's study on this a little bit. Not that I have the best answers. In Matthew 12 and 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I use myself as an example again. There's time to time somebody's missed a couple of Sundays and they come in. I say, hello, my name is David Zebach. We like to welcome our visitors. You know, that can be taken wrong. Beverly, you see me do that, run up and kick me again. I don't want to do that no more. Yes, we miss people when they're not here. So we have to be careful with our thoughts. In James 3 and 2, For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Let's have some audience participation. Everyone here that can control your tongue, raise your hand. I thought I'd find somebody that could help me. Brothers and sisters, to be honest, if some of us don't make it to heaven, I think it'll be because of our mouth. I think it'll condemn us. So this is an important topic. James 3 and 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. We're in a red flag day today. The wind's blowing and it's dry. Everybody knows what happens if there's a spark. It's going to take us a while to stop it. Same thing happens within this body of Christ. If our tongue sets off a spark, it can do a lot of damage before we stop it. We've got to be careful. In James 1 and 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Fire prevention. This is our fire prevention right here. Take time and listen. Take time before you speak. Don't get mad. A lot of y'all remember Brother Truman Teal. Ask him a question. He might say, oh, That was it. 
So let's be careful. Let's practice this. To be a good speaker, we have to be a better listener. Colossians 4 and 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. In my country words, I'd say, put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in gear. Think about what you're going to say. And I need this probably more than anybody. Think about what you're going to say. It's not a timed event when somebody says something. Nobody's going to hit the buzzer and you came in second. Put your mind in gear. Second, Timothy 1 and 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. If things are said in love, you can be a correcting person If it's in love, it's fine. If you're listening in love, it's fine. You remember the little lady that used to come in to church here and she'd look at me and says, Hello, uglier than I. I loved that. She had a twinkle in her eye and a little smile. I missed that. She wasn't trying to be mean to me. We picked on each other. If you're going to do that, learn who you can do that with. In Matthew 25 and 23, his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. At the end of your life, And the beginning of your eternity, this is what you want to hear. You've done good. Your works are before us. You're going to get to go into heaven. This is what we're all striving for. Or, you might hear Jesus say, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's two options, the only two options that you have. Are you willing to let God make you increase? Are you willing not to? That's the two choices you have. You're either going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, or I don't know you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.